there are two tales waiting for you, told one after the other by an odd set of two. So prepare yourself, dear one, because this is Drops of Darkness. I am Stranger, and I tell only fantasies. Whenever your world has a grip on your throat, I am there waiting to unleash the monsters that sleep in my mind so that they may remind you that you have sharp teeth and claws of your own. After working there for six months, Logan found that the Quickie Mart customers came in such an array of strange and unusual that eventually, no one seemed all that strange and unusual. From the soccer moms buying snacks before heading to weekend games, to the druggies buying tall boys whose track marks he'd pretend to not see. He rang them up and sent them out the door with the same thank yous and have a good ones. But that was before she started coming in. Logan didn't notice her right away, but when he did, he'd been flattered when he caught her staring at him like that like he was the only person this woman ever wanted to see. Her hair and clothes were still clean then, and her round face hadn't begun to sink in at the cheeks yet. She was quite cute, he'd thought. But 17 days separated the first time she'd come in to the Quickie Mart, and the day Logan went missing. Based on the statements given to the police by the other employees, It wasn't long before he started voicing concerns over his interactions with her. Like clockwork, she came in, just after the morning rush, wearing the same exact clothes and buying the same exact item. A 24-pack of the Quickie Mart brand of orange soda. On the days he wasn't there, she'd quickly leave with the bright orange-colored box under her arm. But if he was working... She'd wander up and down the aisles for as long as an hour before bringing it up to the register. He might have been flattered at first, but not anymore. It didn't matter that he was more than twice her size. Something about the way she stared at him made him want to crawl under the counter. It might have been in his head, but he swore she leaned a little closer every time he rang her up as if she was working up the nerve to crawl right over the bright red countertop that separated them. A thought made even more unsettling by the way her hair, skin, and clothes were growing dirtier by the day. According to the missing person's case file, Logan brought up his concerns about this customer on multiple occasions before eventually putting in a request to be permanently swapped off the morning shift. That request was approved the day before he was last seen. He'd even filled out an incident report, although it was never officially filed. What do you expect me to do about it? His manager had asked. Turns out, no matter how off-putting a person may be, staring and buying soda is not against the law. The fact that that's what she came in to buy, that's the weirdest thing about her. That shit tastes like someone dropped an orange cough drop in a vat of piss and gasoline, said his manager Cindy, after reading the last section of Logan's report before balling it up. 
He'd just have to get used to things like this if he wanted to keep working there, she told him, as the crumpled up paper disappeared into the bin. Want was too strong of a word, Logan thought. But as unhelpful as Cindy had been, that night she surprised him by sending an updated schedule. Starting tomorrow, he would work the closing shifts. Whether she did it to help him or just so that she wouldn't have to hear about it anymore, he didn't care. He was free. The next night, he hummed while restocking the cigarettes and nicotine pouches. He read his book when there was nobody in the store, which was most of his shift. He didn't even mind having to clean the toilets. And after eight hours of peace and quiet, all that was left to do was to take out the trash and lock up. When he saw her standing by the dumpsters, his heart sank. Um, is there someone I can call to come help you? He asked, unable to keep himself from taking a step back. As she came closer, No, I'm the one helping you. Her voice was hoarse from lack of use. We forgot about the old gods, but they have not forgotten about us, Logan. She continued as an orange glow began to emanate from behind her. They showed me your face when I watched what this world is to become, as you and I are the first spokes in the great wheel of their destruction. Her smile was soft, as if relieved to no longer be keeping this secret. I've built my doorway, Logan. Now it's time for you to build yours and lead the next of us into the absence. At this point, the security camera footage would cut out. No one would see Logan drop the trash bags and willingly follow the woman into the light. And even if the camera hadn't stopped working, it was at the wrong angle to see the altar that had been constructed from cases and cases of Quickie Mart orange soda. Only Logan would see the portal open as the woman stripped off her clothes and climbed onto the altar. And it was only Logan to whom the forgotten god of the void and the end of all things, whose true name is Absence, spoke to as its incomprehensible form devoured the woman who made no attempt to struggle. In its mouth, Logan saw visions of how the world was always meant to be. He saw his part to play in the leveling of what is, so what will be could come to pass. And finally, Absence showed him the face of the one who would follow him into the end. The third spoke in the wheel. Two days later, a woman in a bookshop a few towns over would hear the bell over the door ring, and when she looks up, she'll be flattered by how the young man with the Quickie Mart name tag would look at her, like she was the only woman he ever wanted to see. 
Hello everyone. In between stories, we like to highlight a cause that is worth our collective attention. For December, we decided to highlight Anira. This is a nonprofit that is dedicated to providing crucial humanitarian aid and sustainable development in the Middle East, and specifically helps refugees and others hurt by conflicts in Palestine, Lebanon, and Jordan. You can find out more and donate at www.anira.org or from the link on our website at dropsofdarkness.com. Now, back into the shadows we go. I am someone, and I tell only truth. Whenever something slithers through the barrier between worlds, I am there. Not to stop them, but to watch them and remind you of the countless terrors your kind has survived all on their own. This week's true story offering was submitted by Unknown Services. They say fire can be used to purify things lost to corruption. Deep off the beaten path in Kentucky, there's a dirt road leading straight to the middle of a lost property. People say that it houses lost spirits, mischievous guides in the afterlife, and horrible incidents of residents lost to time. No one seemed to care for the property. Even the state seems to have forgotten this place existed. The wood is rotten, with rocks and dirt that lay all around the property, which nature is taking back. Once holy, now seems dark and like evil is waiting for whoever decides to go inside. It's an old church, rotting and falling apart. Even the metal holding the place together seems to make noises of decay. When I first stepped out of the car, my presence seemed to make the spirits agitated and impatient. The past stories I've heard of this place sat in the back of my mind. Stories of people disappearing, people turning on others, people losing their minds, even stories of cannibalism. As I walked down what must have been the driveway before nature took it back, there was nothing but rotting trees and decaying leaves. This property just felt cursed. The door handles laid on the ground covered in rust, and the bare wood was rotted and only beams were where the floor had once been. To the left was the stand holding the famous Bible untouched by time, no decay of any sort, not even mold. The stand was on a beam to the left where the stage once was. The ceiling's wood beams seemed scorched by fire along with the tops of the windows, which were covered in scorch marks. Mirrors laid shattered where they once rested on the walls. The Bible on the stand held a very old $100 bill, and it seemed to grab my attention like a bright color in UV light, like something about this $100 bill just took over me and I needed to get it. The fact that there was no floor and rotten support beams were not going to stop me. There's nothing coming up through my devices, no EVPs, no energies of any kind. It seemed like everything was asleep or waiting. I went and put my devices in my car and then took a leap of faith and grabbed the $100 bill. The instant I grabbed it, the doors shut along with the window panels. I just stood still, letting my senses gather. 
I just got locked into a rotten church that had no locks. And all those stories started to come to the front of my mind. I was searching and waiting for something to come forward, but it was silent. I don't know why I was trying to see in the pitch darkness, but I ended up feeling the beams and kept calm and guided myself to where I remembered the wall was. I felt the wall and it was now covered in a cold liquid and I could smell pennies. I guided myself back to the stand and it felt as if the floor returned. I was pretty freaked out, but didn't feel like my life was in danger. I could not see my breath even though it was warm outside. The church is now awake and there was some dim lights coming through the shut panels on the windows. I realized the walls are bleeding and that's why I was smelling pennies. At this point, I'm super confused. The missing floor is now present and I can actually walk on it. I started hearing chains and dogs barking along with the smell of sulfur. I realized that the church was full of spirits and the $100 bill was actually bait. Picking it up sets off the activity by pulling you into a pocket behind the veil. It seemed that the malevolent energies recognized their last opportunity to ensnare people was gone. They created a spiritual zone which required someone to physically trigger it, which is fascinating. I put the $100 bill back as a creature hit the window. I stayed still in fear for about 30 minutes. I slowly realized putting the $100 bill back put me into the right timeline. And I slowly opened my eyes and I can't feel the floor and I'm on the ground standing. I gather myself and get out. I sat by my car thinking of the story my father captured on camera. They ended up setting the building on fire. So I called my uncle and told him everything and asked him what I should do. And he said, purify it with fire. I gathered dead shrubs and placed them around the church, filling the floor beams with burnable shrubs. I poured gas leading from the middle of the church to two feet away from my car. And I lit a match and jumped into my car. In the rearview mirror, I saw the flames catch and run into the church. The place started to scream and I never went back. I know that that land has now been purified. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Drops of Darkness, which is written, voiced, and produced by Anadine Vaughn and Cameron Helquike. If you enjoyed your drift into the shadows, help keep the stories alive by sharing the show, leaving a review, and if you really want to earn the favor of these dark storytellers, tether yourself to their world by tapping subscribe. If you have a true paranormal story of your own that you'd like to be read by someone, you can make the offering to submissions at dropsofdarkness.com or through the form on our website. Until next time, dear one, and remember, when the darkness looks your way, hold its gaze.